Dominic. Hey, Davidia. How are you? I am good. I am very excited for this week's podcast. Why um, is that? <laughs> well, it's one of the stories I've been waiting to tell on the Love Intentionally podcast because really? it's such a different story where um, the woman, this couple that I've known for a long time, she proposed to her fiancé. And I was oh, like, this is, this is why. Why are you doing that? Because, you know, I was like, <laughs> I want to be proposed to. Like, what are you <laughs> doing, that? you know? And y- yes, yes, yes. That is the conventional wisdom. But, you know, she flipped the script. She flipped the script and was very happy about it. And it's just a beautiful story of how they went about planning the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, managed a fool. Poor Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how the, how the, the engagement story is also a nice, interesting plot twist as well. I mean, both of them are two empathetic people who, you know, care deeply about each other, but it also seems as though they care about the wider world a great deal as well. So it's nice to see an unconventional approach from some, you know, unconventionally uh, very, very caring people. And it also shows you why cats are good. I'm still a dog person, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. Let's get into the episode. All right. Hi, Molly. Hi, Greg. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And hey, Dominic. How are you? How is everybody? We're doing swell. Thank you. Where I'm alive. <laughs> so funny, it's cold. So thanks so much for being on the Love Intentionally podcast where we talk about love and relationships. And I must say, Molly, I remember when I met you and, well, when I went out with you and Greg in the early days, I think it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, so I know you're quite, how long ago was that? Oh, gosh. Uh, that was twenty. That was Twelve or twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. Yeah, it was a while ago. I, said, I can't do math. Yeah, come on, Greg, Probably you got six it. Six years ago. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to marry this yes, man, Molly. Exactly, so I never have to do math again. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I think is so interesting, and among many other things about your engagement is that you proposed to Greg. I did. Which is not a traditional thing to do. And so I think the question is, how come? Well, what made you do that? Oh, great. Jeez, how come? Well, uh, <laughs> so uh, I think that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, um, that Greg uh-huh. was ready for a more long-term commitment um, before I was. Um, I had never really been interested in marriage in the past, uh, before I met Greg and he changed all of that. And so, um, because we were working more on my timeline, uh, we agreed that when I was ready, um, I would be the one to propose him. And I also like any opportunity to smash the patriarchy. And this seemed like (laughs) a really, really good time to do it. Well, I think so too. Can you describe for us? Because you can probably describe it better than me. You didn't just propose to him in any old way. Like you really went for yes. it. She definitely. <laughs> that was exactly what she did. Yeah. 
Um, so I proposed to Greg on a zero gravity flight, um, which means instead of kneeling, getting down on one knee and popping the question, we were actually floating in midair. And um, I started actually floating away in the opposite direction of Greg. And it was kind of a now or never moment. And I pulled the ring box out of my jumpsuit pocket and floated it over to him. And he did this amazing rom-com, you know, catch, (laughs) um, which was very lucky for me (laughs) that it didn't go ricocheting somewhere else. He caught it and opened it up and um, the ring floated out. And I asked him to marry me. And, and what did you say, Greg? I said, absolutely. Yes. Aww. And then I said, and Greg, as you yes. were watching, <laughs> <laughs> as you were watching his ring float toward you, what, what were you thinking? I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is already an amazing experience. And this is like, I, I just couldn't even like really process. There was a brief a very, very brief pause between when Molly asked the question and when I said, absolutely. <laughs> He's like, are there just rings floating from heaven now? Like, what's, yeah. what's happening? But did you, even know that, did you even know that you were going to that place? No, so that was part of the surprise too. Molly had constructed an elaborate ruse <laughs> where she had one <laughs> friend of mine who lives in Chicago email me and another friend who lives in D.C., and say, hey, I have a layover for a flight. Do you all want to get breakfast by the airport uh, this, you know, whatever Sunday morning? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, how about we go to uh, this place? It's like kind of between D.C. and and Dulles Airport. And then apparently (laughs) Molly behind the scenes was like, no, we have to do it. I know. I I was was frantically texting these people. Greg's (laughs) like, oh, no, I can pick you up and take you to this nice restaurant. And I was like, no, it has to be the airport. (laughs) So we we go to the airport. I'm like, okay, whatever. I just want to, you know, see this friend I haven't seen for a few months. And uh, we we show up uh, and we walk into the lobby of the, the airport hotel. And the restaurant's right there. And I kind of look around to see uh, if, if our two friends are there. And I didn't see them. And I'm like, oh, should I get a table? And Molly's kind of looking around too. And then, and then what happened? <laughs> well, I didn't see the group of people that I was supposed to see for uh, the flight. So I was very nervous as mm-hmm. well. And I was just like, no, there's no breakfast. We're going on a zero gravity flight. Surprise. <laughs> now I have to try and find these people. So <laughs> let's go off on this hunt. Oh my God. I thought it- you, weren't you like, can I have my breakfast? What am I going to yeah. eat? Yeah, I was hungry. And I was like, no way. And, and then I saw somebody with like a NASA shirt. It was, it was one of the other participants, it turned out. But that was my only indication at first of like, oh, wait, she might be serious. But it wasn't until we walked uh, down to this sort of lower level where they had the info table and this check-in. It was like, oh, wow, you, you're serious. We're actually doing We're this. We're actually doing this. And so. And then you came back like, did I just get engaged? <laughs> Yeah, the other great part was that so I, I had we had to go through a version of TSA, and so I had um, this engagement ring box with me. I hadn't found a better way to contain the rings, and so I'm putting it through security. And Greg is watching me put this box on the you know through security, <laughs> and uh, he didn't even he didn't even question it. But I came up with the, oh my gosh, the, oh no, it's a it's a good luck box from. Um, 
our, our mutual friend, Carla. And, you know, it's a German thing. And if you open the box, all the good luck will, you know, fly away. So oh, my we- God. Greg, you fell for that? <laughs> Let the record show that I... Oh, come on, Greg. German folklore, superstition, and good luck traditions. <laughs> so, yeah, he did fall for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing, though. I think what's... To me, when you, you posted on Facebook that you had done it and the way that you did it, the first thing that I thought of, and me being the very, with my patriarchal thinking, was like, what is she doing? <laughs> Men are supposed to pose, propose to women. But tell me, I, I'm sure and I'm sure other people may have mentioned that to you as well. Tell me a little bit, Greg, um, what you were thinking. Did you feel like, ooh, um, I wanted to do this? Or did you have any of those kind of feelings? No, no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I basically <laughs> that Molly would be the one to propose because there's no way that anything I could think of could come close to what she would think of to, for a proposal. Yeah. Uh, and I think that my feelings on that matter have been uh, proven correct. A book, yeah, this is a big, very elaborate um, yeah. <laughs> operation. Yeah. I heard there were Excel sheets. I heard there were a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. There was a lot going on. I, I will yeah, admit a bit to that, yes. <laughs> But I mean, he, I think he had some ideas, I think if, and, and you would have done it if I, if I hadn't, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would have done it if you, if you weren't going to do it. Yes. Um, I would have done it three years ago, yes. Molly. Well, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I read your article in the Washington Post and. There was some very, very progressive and very enlightening theories about, you know, gender roles and what we expect people to do uh, in these types of situations. And I think it's pretty great. Like, why? I mean, I'm not being self-serving here by saying, but like, why is it always on the dude to sort of make that choice and to drive things to that next step when it's, you know, it's two people involved in the relationship and either or, you know, one person or the other could make a decision to say, well, hey. Let's do it. Let's move on to the next step. Um, I just love how both of you are sort of a little nerdy and, you know, love science. And, and so, the whole story was so cute when I read it. <laughs> Thanks. So if we get into your business a little bit more, tell us a little bit about how you met and why I think for both of you, you decided that this is the one I'm going to propose to you in a spaceship. <laughs> Of, and I'm going to say yes to the spaceship. The spaceship point. Airplane. Uh, airplane. <laughs> airplane, sorry. It was a little outside the budget. Out of I my think. price range. Yeah. Oh, next time, though. <laughs> you save up. Yes. Some my kind of people. Um, well, as, as far as the engagement goes and how I knew it would be a perfect fit for Greg, um, he not even just the engagement like the whole relationship how do you know this is the man i want to marry how did i know this is the man i want to marry or is it one i wanted to just even spend an hour with or 10 <laughs> like how many ever years you've been together so that's a really interesting question because we've been we're so you know obviously we're engaged and so i've been you know trying to write my vows and and, and, and figure all of that out. And one of the questions I did want to answer because a lot of people, my parents included, were like, we never thought you would get married. This is such a surprise. I've had mm. many people come up to me, which is very awkward. Don't do that. Don't tell, <laughs> don't, ask, don't 
Oh, I never thought you'd get married. But anyway, um, many people. I always knew. Thank you. Many people come up and, and say this to me, and um, the answer is, and it's 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 kind of disappointing. I think it's because I I want to, um, because. I never had the desire to get married uh, growing up. It was never something that I was interested in. I never planned my wedding. I never pretended to be a bride. Um, But once I met Greg, I think all of that changed. And I really wanted to show him how much I loved him in every way possible. And one of those ways was uh, to get married and to really make that statement publicly. And um, so I think, yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to get married. I knew a couple years ago, we used to, we lived in Peru um, and I knew mm-hmm. that I wanted to marry him then. And the time just wasn't right. Um, and then uh, things progressed and I started saving up and making this whole plan and, um, yeah, and then here we are, planning a wedding. Here you are. Um, so I was, you know, the basically kind of the opposite. I was somebody who kind of just grew up thinking, like, you know, I'll, I'll find the the right person and I'll get married. Uh, that, that that's just what you do, sort of thing. Um, and you know, there was never anybody like Molly before Molly. So um, it wasn't hard after a certain point in our relationship that, that I knew that, that, that she was the one. And uh, yeah, there was never any sort of doubt in my mind uh, once we kind of got to that certain point of, you know, after we were together, after we fell in love, uh, after we moved to Peru and things like that, that we'd been, you know, through different things and um what is it about molly that sort of attracted you to her and sort of kept you there ah he thought uh, i was a her. Tal- he thought i would have an accent <laughs> oh <laughs> you have to tell that story <laughs> and do you have an accent sometimes molly have you kept can this I, going <laughs> for the record that everyone has an accent oh. yeah okay i've been telling people that for years everyone has an accent all right, because people tell me the same thing. It's like in uh, Avengers: Infinity War when uh, one of the characters is like, "That's a made-up word," and Thor's like, "All words are made up." It's like <laughs> everybody has an accent. That's uh, anyway, that's a good one. Uh, as I deflect from that one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing, so the to your other question about how we met, uh, Molly, in her in keeping with her elaborate backstories. Uh, she has a um, an elaborate backstory for how we met that may or may mm-hmm. not be uh, completely fictitious, uh, <laughs> whereas the the true story is a bit more mundane. That we were uh, introduced uh, on Twitter through a mutual friend, and I was initially intrigued, uh, given that she was a science journalist uh and i Mm -hmm. um have always been interested in science when i was a a kid i wanted to be a i would say a scientist and inventor in elementary school uh so i like that about Mm -hmm. her and uh from the first time we met and we talked we just really hit it off uh some similar interests but you know not necessarily like oh we like all the same things but personalities that really kind of meshed um that we you know got each other and we were in sync on a lot of sort of fundamental levels that were more important than just like, Oh, you like this T 
TV show or this music. It's like we had, you know, overlap like that. Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, we have everything in common. It's like we, <laughs> we still have a bunch of things not in common, but but that's okay. And um, just her, just so many things about her. Uh, first of all, she is uh, a very intelligent person. Um, mm -hmm. so I definitely, uh, partnered up in terms of the smarts. <laughs> um, she is very thoughtful. She's always, um, writing cards, texting friends, making mm -hmm. care packages. If somebody recently lost their job, um, uh, one, she, she was taking a Spanish class and, uh, sort of a continuing adult education setting once and the, the teacher's daughter had uh had gotten sick and molly mm. did a little care package uh wrote her card oh. and it's like this is somebody she never met uh and, yeah. it, and it meant a lot to to both that person and her teacher and it was just the kind of thing that was emblematic of who molly is as a person that she's very kind caring thoughtful uh intelligent um and you know we we kind of complement each other in a lot of ways and i think we we want to both be better people for each other. And I think that's a, you know, it's never a feeling of I'm not good enough for you. Um, but just that I want to be better for you and, you know, we both want to be better for each other. So. He's yeah. gaining brownies. Nice. He has so many brownie points right now. <laughs> and she's cute. Aww. <laughs> How do you keep, how do you both keep their relationship fresh and and keep going? Because, I mean, six years is longer than some marriages. You're pretty much married already. Seven, <laughs> you know it's, I mean? seven, it's seven and a half. Seven and a half. <laughs> My math is off. <laughs> Sorry, the year I was telling you before was uh, for the the New Year's was, I, yeah. So <laughs> how do we keep things fresh? Um, well, I think it's just doing a lot of little thoughtful things for each other um like yesterday for example I was having a, a bad day it was just you know one of those days that you have that's not good and um Greg you know gives me a hug he runs into our bedroom and he pulls out this cute little stuffed sloth animal and gives it to me and it's like here this will make you feel better and it was just yeah. kind of like cute little things that he does or like he'll make me dinner when I'm not feeling well or, you know, take me on a surprise weekend, um, you know, just, you know, not too far away, not anything fancy, but it's just, you know, lovely to do that kind of thing and have that kind of partnership where, um, you know, you know that someone's always there for you and, and he's always showing it. That sounds really good. And so I knew, and I, I don't like, I don't want to, I know you're coming up with some philosophical something and I, I can't wait to nope, hear it. Not this time. Um, this is too juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, because I know, since you have such an unconventional um, engagement, I know you're probably shaking things up at the wedding. Heck, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Let me hear all the juicy details. Oh, we got to keep some of it a surprise. Yeah. Uh, well done, Margo. Well done. Some of these details. But oh, I, I my God. Be, the dress will be a surprise. <gasps> um, and the procession. It will even be a dress. What? <laughs> it will even be a dress. Well, there will be a dress, yes. 
Okay, um, I thought maybe you'd have some elaborate something but, but costume, which could still happen. But it is a dress. Oh my again. god! Um, I'll I'll be wearing a leather jacket. That's, that's mm. fun. And the flower girls. What girl. color? It's gonna be black. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes. Um, Very nice. And we're we're switching up a lot of the like we're going to walk down the aisle um, with each other, and instead okay. of my parents giving me away, or um, I think that that's. Um, that was really important to us to to walk down together. Um, Equal partner. May, I, may we ask why? Why? Um, yeah. I, I don't like the symbolism of the father or the parents, you know, giving away the bride. Um, mm. I think that you know we're very much entering into this as equal partners, um, and we want to make that that statement to the people we love and, and who are around us. Did that ruffle any feathers? Well, no one knows about we'll, it yet. We'll so we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> they got to know. Follow up in uh, November, 2020. After the- <laughs> oh my goodness. That's really interesting. I love this whole thought about um, being intentional. Cause that's what this whole podcast is about. Just, you know, going for what you want rather than just letting life happen to you. And it seems to be like exactly what you guys have done. That's that's kind of Molly's MO, I think. <laughs> Thoughtful, intentional, purposeful, not just doing things because that's the way they've been done. Be, but what is what is right. what is the right way or what is the right way for, for us? For us, yeah. And not sort of trying to thumb our nose or poke anybody in the eye but just saying like well this is our wedding so we're gonna do it the way we want to do it yeah we're not breaking tradition just to break tradition there are a lot of things i mean having a wedding in and of itself is is quite traditional um but we are changing things up to make it you know us and so it best represents us and so that the vows that we make during that you know very special day will be, be the most meaningful to to us I think the question I didn't ask, or maybe I did and I, I don't remember, but it's, it's that age-old question from Columbia Journalism School. Why now? Why did you feel like now was the time that you wanted to propose? Oh, um, I essentially <laughs> saved up for this for a while. <laughs> and so now was the time when I had the, the funding to do it. Um, but I, I, there we go. I did want, but what? What also prompted the timing? What? The, the flight, you told me the flight was canceled like twice. Oh, well, yeah, the, the flight was canceled. Uh, no, it was like three times. Three times, okay. Um, the flight was canceled. And so I actually had planned it months earlier. Um, and so Ooh. it actually just kind of came down to fate when, you know, this was the last flight of the year in our area. And, and we, I, you know, had to hope that it wouldn't be canceled. And so I got lucky. Wow. We but, sat on the tarmac for a while too. We didn't even know if they were going to end up taking off. Us know, yeah, you must have been nervous the whole time. I was so nervous the whole time. <laughs> yes. At one point, I was like, "Okay, if this plane doesn't take off, I'm just turning to him in the seat and just proposing to him <laughs> in, in the back of a plane." <laughs> like, well, that would have been good for. Um, and Dominic, what do you, what do you um? What are your thoughts? I mean, I I wanted to ask about Twitter because I mean, 
I mean, was there any skeptical skept, skepticism around meeting someone or potentially dating someone that you met on Twitter of all places? Because Twitter isn't known for bringing people together these days. It's known for, you know... Not in a good way. <laughs> this, was bef- this was before the Nazis were as... Pro- ah, this, yeah. is, this is pre-Nazi Twitter. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> when Twitter was nice. Yeah, Twitter was, nice Twitter people. was a lot nicer back yeah. in 2012. I and, mean, and, and back then too, there was less, I mean, from my perspective, you heard about less people meeting online. And I mean, there were less apps, there were less, there was yeah. less online dating. So like, was there any skepticism? I mean, how did you feel about being introduced to each other, you know, online? I'll throw that to Molly. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I was in DC for a fellowship Mm-hmm. And, um, I met this woman on Craigslist mm-hmm. and, um, because I was looking for places to live and I didn't end up living with her, but we ended up becoming, you know, friends. And, um, there was one day when she turned to me and she said, Oh, I have to introduce you to this guy. I know, um, you guys are totally going to fall in love and get married. And wow. so you need to meet him. I know. That's a very, bold promise. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so, uh, you know, we looked him up on on Twitter, and she introduced me. And I was like, "Oh, he's so nerdy, and he has a beard. <laughs> he's not my type. But like, you know, I, I don't know." And so she's like, "No, you have to meet him. Like, he's perfect for you." So we all went out for pizza um, one evening after I I you know met him, quote unquote, on Twitter. Right. And um, it was just one of those like instant things where, as soon as we started talking. Um, I was infatuated and I was like, okay, I, I, I see where she's coming from. I want to get to know him. And, and after that, we just started spending all of our time together. So, so my follow-up question is, is she invited to the wedding? Cause she's pretty instrumental here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. she, she was, we definitely, and we told her right when we were engaged too, as well. We were like, so we, oh my God. we have her to thank for a lot of it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Can you put her on my, um, on, on, to, on the lookout for me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> she should start a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this works. Yes. Matchmaker, matchmaker. Matchmaker. And uh, yeah, this kind of goes back to a recurring theme we do here in these conversations that we have: contextual information. So people just not meeting on their own, but making a choice or sort of being influenced in their choices by family or friends or some type of extended community. And I think it's yeah. really interesting that it's someone who, you know, cared about Molly enough to recommend someone great. I mean, it worked out pretty well. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and many times we're out there flying blind, so to speak. You know, we're, we're on apps, we're talking to people, going to speed dating, doing different things. But I feel like contextual information is really powerful in the sense that someone who knows us really well can play matchmaker and it, it, it yeah dominic someone who knows me very well <laughs> can play matchmaker I've, I've yeah i've yeah. tried you have never tried you've not tried <laughs> sending me a link saying add this dude on facebook it's not trying all right no information I, nothing. I am not making the case for my intervention i'm just making the case generally <laughs> i'm just saying somebody who knows me well i wonder who that could be <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> but on that note, you have to be kind of like open, right? Uh, um, with your friends about like if you're looking or, or I don't know what you would do. But they have to kind of know that you'd be kind of open to something like this. Well, doesn't it go back to another theme that we talk about, which is sort of having openness to welcoming a new person into your life? And if I feel like if it is you feel open to welcoming someone into your life, it doesn't just mean, you know, putting it out there into the universe. I think it also means a practical step as well, which is, you know, you talk to people who care about you. You let them know that, you know, you're on the market. They may know somebody interesting. And I think... I'm on the market. <laughs> stop making... Stop the highest bidder. Stop making fun of love. The it's a medium-sized bidder. Stop making fun of love. <laughs> love is great, okay? <laughs> what is, listen... Love for cynics. Love who's doing a podcast about love. <laughs> you know what? I like Molly and Greg because they they actually <laughs> they you know revitalize our you know belief in, in real love and actually meeting someone great and finding someone that's right for you. So I am the optimist, you can be the pessimist, okay? Aww. <laughs> yeah. All right. I know my role. I know my role. It's fine. <laughs> So, Molly and Greg, where do you see yourself perhaps in five years, ten years? Hopefully traveling the world, mm-hmm. um, hanging out with our cats, two cats that we spoil. Right. Okay. And what about you? Yeah, that's, that's I what think I that sounds. I think that sounds be, like yeah. our plan. Greg is a master chef, so he'll, he'll be coming with new recipes. Um, and I'm a baker, so I'll bake some cool cakes and... I think that that's a. I think that's a good way to live a life, right? Cake and food and cats. Why I'm not? In. Can I be? A, can I be a neighbor? <laughs> I, I want to be a Come neighbor. On <laughs> Come on over. Come over to DC. <laughs> I wanna. I oh, wanna wait. ask one mm-hmm. more thing about something else, which is Peru. Was Peru was Peru sort of an instrumental moment for both of you? Uh, I would say it was. It was. It was a big point in our relationship so we we moved into molly moved from from new york uh mm-hmm. and 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 quit her job uh, wow. because she was going to um take this contract job in peru mm-hmm. so she did that a little early and started freelancing before then mm-hmm. uh, so we could move in and live together for it was about like two and a half months mm-hmm. so you know we figured if you're moving to a new place uh, for the first time with somebody, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably best that that not be your first time living together. <laughs> so, you know, just to sort of minimize stress and, and new things, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I think that was a very uh, wise decision on her part. Uh, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say I think we would probably have ended up in the same place of getting married either way. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, with a situation like that of, you know, trying to figure out navigate, navigating all of that, um, it's kind of like the pressure cooker of, um, you know, mm. just doing more things quicker. You more... learn very quickly how much you can rely on someone and, and kind of how they're going to handle pressure and, and how mm. they're going to deal with other life situations when you move yeah. to a, a, you know, a third world country with them and, and have to deal with all of the, the challenges that come along with that. But Greg and I had been doing that. I mean, we did long distance. I was only in DC for a fellowship and I moved back to New York and mm. I had kind of assumed that that would 
you know, potentially be the end of our relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, when I told him I was moving back to New York, cause it had only been a couple months. And he said, Oh no, I, you know, I just figured I'd buy a lot of bus and train tickets and, um, nice. Ooh, nice. That, um and so that, <laughs> you know, that perseverance and, and we went back and forth for a couple of years and then traveling around the world together has been a really good way to, uh, kind of test our relationship in, in different ways and, yeah. um, and everything has, everything is, is, you know, it worked out. How long have you been together before you moved to Peru? Or anywhere together. It's uh, about a year and a half. A year and a half. Okay. And did you did you learn anything about you know how you? I mean, people have individual love languages, languages that they learn from their experiences and their family upbringing and their wider community. And I mean, I I like to talk about Gary Chapman's book on the five love languages, and you know, mm. people talk about things like receiving gifts, quality time words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. And I was just kind of curious about, you know, was there any kind of mismatch in terms of, you know, would Molly, for example, prefer to receive a gift and Greg preferred words of affirmation? And was being in Peru sort of an enlightening experience about, you know, as you mentioned, the pressure cooker situation, was that one of the things that, that popped up? Hmm, that's a good question. Um... Yeah, I would say we have like kind of Venn diagram love languages, you know, that, that, that are overlapping, mm -hmm. but not exactly the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think just given the situations that we've been in that, um, you know, you, you have a certain orientation of a relationship when you're doing long distance. Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously the sort of absence makes the heart grow fonder. And then, you know, when you see each other, it's like, oh, I haven't seen you for a week or two weeks because uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be apart for long. Um, mm. And, you know, things sort of grow that way. And then you have sort of the opposite situation of, OK, well, now we're going to live together. For, and then we were together 24 seven we, yeah, we together all the time because I was working from home and he was, you know, at home as well. And so that was some, that was an adjustment. Yeah. Wow. OK, so uh, it was it was a very wise decision to have a, a two bedroom. Uh, so that the second bedroom could be Molly's office. Yes. That was important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it definitely made things easier. But it was amazing how quickly things changed from it being, okay, I, you know, it's, it's a little cramped in here to, you know, then when we came back to the U.S. and he started going to the office every day, um, how, how much I missed him and how much we missed each other and mm. just having like, that opportunity to have that quality time, you know, 24-7. And, and that was... Um, it was a hard adjustment, but also I think kind of sweet at the same time. Aww. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when Molly goes away, like she was just away, um, and um, you know, when somebody goes away, you're always with them. It's like you miss them a lot. Um, you know, there's always that like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want and kind of, you know, do my own thing for this week. Um, but like, it's not it's not like a, oh, I'm liberated. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, that is nice to just do my thing. But it's like, well, I really miss her. It's, and, and like Molly said, even going to work during the day, it's like, I miss her during the day and we text each other. Um, but we're always, you know, really looking forward to and excited to see each other at the end of the day. So. Um, Have you ever had the feeling, Greg or Molly, that, you know what, I'm just going to throw Greg out of the window or vice versa. <laughs> 
<laughs> of course. Of course. Like that. It's like, how can you love someone so much, but also want to punch them in the face so much? <laughs> I know the feeling. Right? I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Not, 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 I... not pointing towards anybody I know, but I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's totally normal. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, a, yeah. of course you're going to get angry at each other. Of course things are going to pop up, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we never go to sleep angry. Yeah. We we oh. always tell each other we love each other before we go to bed. Um, no one ever leaves the house upset. Go to bed at 9.30 sharp or yeah, 9. so it, it ends up okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never had any anything that sort of stewed or simmered for, for you a know. For period, yeah. It's, it's, it's always important to have some kind of resolution, especially before bed, not to go to bed angry, the, the sort of cliche, but, but it is really important to sort of get whatever issues there are out there and, and deal with them so that they, they don't pop up or they don't, you know, the, again, the sort of simmering metaphor of, you know, you want to be sure to let the steam out in a, you know, gradual way and not sort of boil mm-hmm. over. So I think that's, Right. You know, one of the keys, you know, making sure we have our own outlets to, you know, to do that, whether it's, you know, I read on the train so I don't come home stressed and take anything out on Molly. You know, I'm, I'm mm. by the time I get home, I'm, I'm, you know, fairly relaxed from that. Um, you know, Molly working from home, she has the cats that can be really good to help, you know, come up next to her when she's working and frustrated with some kind of project or mm. editor things like that. I so. love all my editors. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. hypothetically. And you know what? Yeah. <laughs> you see that dog? Like you need to get a cat. Yeah. So you don't throw me out the window. I'm a, I'm, I'm a dog Problem person. Solved. I'm a dog person, but I am That's open to cats. I am open to cats. Yeah, I am. I. But are they open to you? <laughs> I have... I have one last question for Molly and Greg, uh, for people of any age, of any background, anywhere who's listening to the podcast. I mean, what kind of advice would you give to them um, if they're looking for for love and for the right person, for the one? Oh, that's a good question. Do you want to go first? I mean, for me, it was... Like like you mentioned before, both of you mentioned before, having that, that openness for somebody else to come into your life, Mm -hmm. um, to, um, you know, be available emotionally as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think that that's the advice I would give for somebody who's, who's looking, what would you say, Greg? I would say that, you know, there are some things that come naturally, but there are some things that also take work. Um, and the things that you can do, like Molly was saying, in terms of being emotionally available and open, um, just like being open to reading certain things. Like we we both several years ago read, uh, seven, seven keys to successful marriage by John Gottman. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, that was a very important book, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, that, that taught a lot of things, uh, one of the most important being like, if you have, you know, a problem, you know, avoid the word you, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, frame it in terms of your feelings so that the other person doesn't feel mm-hmm. attacked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we were good at those things beforehand, but, but 
even just those little things um, yeah, that you can work. that you can do to put in the work to to be better. Um, because you know it's hard to have a successful relationship if you know you're just kind of expecting things to work out on their own. So um, it, it goes back to that sort of intentional. Uh, theme of oh hey that's the name of the podcast uh, uh, <laughs> well done well done, hey. well done. be intentional uh, and you know don't just coast don't just think think things are going to work out uh, don't be complacent um, you know put the kind of attention and and effort into it that you would you know yeah anything, anything else. else yeah great thank you so much for joining us we loved having you and good luck with the, the wedding don't like scare people too much i know you're gonna shake it up <laughs> <laughs> don't still give anybody any heart attacks shake it up shake it up you be <laughs> you shake it up shake this it up. was a lot of fun uh, uh, yeah it, it sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun no, no, i mean this interview but yes the wedding too huh? oh <laughs> thank you guys so much okay. thanks and thank you dominic you're welcome <laughs> bye thanks take care Thank you.